I'm Keisha Sheehan. I'm here to share real birth stories from real women within the hockey community and beyond. There is power and comfort in knowledge, and the women I get to speak with have so much to share. This is Delivered. Hello, and welcome to episode six. Today, I get the privilege of speaking with Susie Emerton, who is currently all the way across the world in Switzerland. Susie gave birth to both of her beautiful children in Switzerland, and today she's going to share the birth story of her firstborn daughter, Fiona. There's a lot to this story. It's a very quote unquote hockey story, as you will come to find. And I think it's super helpful that Susie shared her experience because she, unlike many, is not a planner and does not want all the information. And I think it's a good example of that lens and how it could potentially pay off in her situation. So I want to thank her for her vulnerability and her willingness to share. And I really hope you enjoy her episode. Today, I get the privilege of speaking with Susie Emerton. She is all the way on the other side of the world in Lausanne, Switzerland. Mm -hmm. Um, Welcome, Susie, to Delivered. We're so happy to have you here to share your story today. And Susie's going to share the birth story of her daughter, Fiona. Where was Fiona born? Because you guys have been in Switzerland for a long time now. Yeah, this is our ninth year in Switzerland. So a long time. And uh, she was born, she'll be eight in December. So she was born eight years ago, almost. And at that time, we were living in Ticino, which is the Italian part of Switzerland. So both of our kids were born there in Ticino. Bellinzona is the city. So yeah. That's awesome. What a cool... What a cool background story for them to have, like, because you and your husband, Corey, are from Michigan, right? Corey's Canadian, actually. He's from, um, yeah, (laughs) he's from London, Ontario, the St. Thomas, just outside of London. And then I'm from Michigan. Yeah. So we never would have thought that we would have both of our kids (laughs) born in Switzerland and then um yeah and now I mean it's just it's been home to them because besides for a couple of summers they've really never lived anywhere well we had little stays in Russia I don't know if you know that that we moved back to Russia yeah so we've been around but they were born here and mostly raised here so yes that's okay. that's really cool. Well, a little background for our listeners. Um, mm-hmm. Riley and I played with Susie and Corey like way, way back at the beginning of Riley's career when we were all in Detroit Grand Rapids in mm-hmm. that scene. So mm-hmm. I've known Susie for a long time and getting to like watch her children and her grow up in Switzerland mm-hmm. for all these years. She's like the one person that I would reference when Riley and I were considering um, going and playing in Switzerland. I was like, well, their life looks so beautiful. She takes the best Uh, pictures. Her kids go on the best adventures. It's just, it's awesome. uh, So she has two very beautiful children. And like we said before, mm -hmm. um, she's going to share some of the, you know, ins and outs of her first birth. Because I think one of the big things with this podcast that I hope to share is just helping first time moms, new moms, any moms really, but I think that first time is just unlike anything else and any Mm -hmm. insights that 
all of us can share of our own experiences to help other people preparing for that, I think is the main goal. So without mm-hmm. further ado, um, mm-hmm. a little background question, I suppose, that I ask some of my guests is, what were your ideas of birth kind of before you even got into the realm of being pregnant and like thinking about it? Like, did you have conversations about birth and what it was like with any women in your life before that? Um, yeah, I, um, for me, I come from a really big family. I'm one of nine kids and I'm the seventh. (laughs) Yeah, I'm the seventh. So, um, there has, just been babies all around me my whole life (laughs) and um I worked for a long time in early childhood development um I was a nanny for newborn babies and um I was also in the room when my sister had both of her kids so um yeah part of part of the reason why I went into um, preparing to have my daughter, my first baby with, I guess I was just naive thinking that, well, I've seen all of these women around me do it and they've done it successfully. And um, nobody, to answer your question, nobody really talked about the hard parts about it. And when I saw my sister, um, she went in and she had, you know, she had some moments of pain and leading up to it, but she right away was given medicine and the epidural and mm-hmm. I was braiding her hair or she was calmly, you know, so I'm like, I mean, I think I can do it. It's, it's uncomfortable, but I, you know, so I went into it really naive. And I mean, this is, I feel like times have already changed since Fiona. I mean, eight years ago, um, I think we were still not talking as much about the scary parts, you know, and in general, yeah, and in general for me, um, part of it's because of this lifestyle of things being really unpredictable and hockey and, and, you know, in my life, I've just always then I not I never wanted to overthink things or over prepare for things because I know that so much is out of my control. So in life in general, I've always gone into things with the mindset of okay, uh, I don't want to over prepare. I don't want to have expectations of things that I can't control. And yeah, so all of this to be said, I was pretty. I wasn't doing any research. If anything, I was um, doing more like the preparing the nursery, preparing for after she's here, that sort of thing. And in hockey, in the hockey life, we prepared a nursery in Michigan, but then we flew here when I was uh, seven months pregnant, and then we had to do a little makeshift nursery for her to come home to. So, yeah, I think my mind was more preoccupied with moving across the country and I knew she'd come however she gets here. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's an added, that's an added element. You moving across the world uh, while Mm -hmm. you're very pregnant. Like, I think 
I can relate to a lot of what you just said about almost like not wanting to invest energy in certain things because you know that they could just be like pulled out from under you, I guess is kind of how I Mm -hmm. have always thought about it. And it's, it's a hard thing to balance because on one hand, yeah, like you don't want to, you know, get too invested in anything in that way Mm -hmm. because it's very realistic to have to change cities to change your lifestyle. But, and the same, on the other hand, it's like, I found mm-hmm. myself like very isolated when I did that to myself too. Like I would just be like, oh, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. I don't want to mm-hmm. like get too involved. And so to hear that you were feeling that way during your pregnancy too is so understandable. And I think it's probably going to be very relatable to a lot of, you know, women in the hockey world listening to this. So yeah, so you got yeah. to Switzerland and you were seven months pregnant. You makeshift a nursery yeah. for your little girl. Um, yeah, was the team helpful, or like the, was the organization helpful in like setting you up with the doctors and like kind of helping you transition when you got here? So uh, I was really lucky. There was a girl, a Canadian girl, who had um, just given birth. Uh, the year before and she had the OB that she really liked and so she right away I was able to um, meet the doctor and she spoke English which was really important to me and and that was rare because in Bellinzona it's a it's a small there's Lugano which is bigger, and then Bellinzona, which is the smaller um, city in Ticino. But um, so to have a doctor that would speak uh, English was important, and um, so that was one thing that I that made me feel more comfortable. Um, and then with the team, yeah, I mean, mostly they. They, we had all of our, you know, insurance and I think, that, I think, yeah, they were helpful. And I know we got lucky with that. I, that's another thing that I was being naive about too. I just thought like, okay, we'll, we'll just figure it out when we get there. I didn't do any research. I, I was like, okay, women give birth in Switzerland every day. So I, I'll be fine. And yeah. And, um and again, it was, people were asking me like well don't you want to meet and ask her questions and you know to be honest I was like I don't I don't really want to know too much I just like I I trust (laughs) I trust her and and anyway so that was again me being a bit naive so you've you've mentioned like approaching it naively a few times so Mm -hmm. I guess one question I would ask is like what for other people listening that might be heading into like a same move or a same transition overseas um, during pregnancy, what are some things that maybe you would have chosen to do differently now? And I know you said times have changed, which they definitely have. Um, but for you personally, mm-hmm. are there anything, is there anything that you're like, oh, like this is something I would have for sure done had I known? So I, yeah, I think, um, I think, a lot of people have have sent their friends to me to talk to me that are we're thinking of signing in Europe but we're pregnant should we, what what do you think and i've always 
been like I I don't know if I'm the best person to ask because most of the girls that are asking me that are asking because they're planners and because they like want to know all the information and I'm and I'm not and and so I always feel a bit bad being like I don't I mean for me it was okay because I just kind of didn't want to know I just wanted to trust that it would it would be okay and I think that there's a lot of different places I mean it it all just depends on where you end up but I think the biggest thing for me was having a recommendation from a Canadian um hockey wife that for her she she um yeah she I had her um approval of the doctor and so I think mm-hmm. if somebody's specifically coming to where I had a baby, I, I've given those girls full support and, you know, but I think finding somebody who's actually delivered in that country, in that city, and asking them if they recommend a doctor, if the team recommends a doctor, you know, because, yeah, I think that if I didn't have if I if I didn't have this doctor that I I knew another girl trusted and you know then that would make it more difficult so yeah yeah that would be my advice yeah you would have been left to your own devices and I imagine I mean that's challenging sometimes here in the states like Mm -hmm. I I moved I moved mid-pregnancy as well and I just remember being like even in the even in the United States where I speak the language of everybody, I was like, I don't know who to go. Like, I have to find yeah. a doctor who's going to deliver my baby. Like, I, this it's yeah, it's a big. And so I think that's great advice. It's just like anything else. Try to find somebody that has a good recommendation. I feel like that's super common yeah. in the hockey world. Like for cities to mm-hmm. live in, for people to deliver your baby, <laughs> all the above. Yeah, it's um, exactly. It's different, and it's it's different in in ways like you know there's pros and there's cons like uh, in Switzerland I mean we haven't even gotten into my story yet. but um okay. because the thing is, is in Switzerland okay um in Switzerland some of the big perks is that um they want you to stay in the hospital, especially when you're a new mom, um, until you really you feel comfortable. The baby, the baby's healthy. I mean, they they would let you stay for days and days because they want to make sure that they're sending you home feeling comfortable and that you're healed and rested. And yeah, especially with new moms, and um, and then. Also, they provide a midwife that comes to your house and checks on you um, after. And I'm trying to think it depends on your insurance how many times. But this is all part of my story, too, because um, I had this mindset of that. um, Well, I don't know exactly how how we should tell it in order, but um, basically I had this mindset of that um, if if in America you have the baby and then you, everything is fine, you go home, that I, I could do the same. I didn't feel like I needed to stay in the hospital. I didn't feel like, 
I didn't, I just felt like I could do it. And I've taken care of infants and I've, um, you know, I had a lot of experience. I felt really confident about that part. And um, I think what I was naive about was taking care of an infant just after you, you've given birth, you know, I've stepped right. in and helped women, yeah. but yeah. Right. So yeah and uh that I it's a totally different experience and I think that's important mm-hmm. to highlight because you had a ton of experience with babies um which not a lot of yeah. um, my guests so far have like other than maybe one of their own or you know however many they've had personally but um mm-hmm. your experience with witnessing births and then being around you know newborn babies is more than the average person so it's almost like that mm-hmm. a, a, a sense of confidence but almost like you weren't, you, there was no way to know how you were going to feel after you were the one who, yeah. so that's a, it's a super interesting little caveat because it is totally different caring for someone else's baby versus the one that you just had. So with that said, um, her birth story, mm-hmm. if you're ready, um, where, okay. so I love to hear kind of like where you were and what was going on when you realized you were kind of going into labor. Okay, so um, you need this information because when we decided to sign in Switzerland, um, one of the things that Corey's agent had told him is um, that there that he would play for Team Canada for um, Spangler Cup if the Christmas tournament Mm -hmm. and we were like okay that's amazing we're so excited um but I'm due on December 18th and they were like okay well um you don't have to be there until um Christmas Eve which is December 24th you know so we were like Mm -hmm. oh yeah I mean she'll probably be a week old by then and let's do it this was part of the Part of the package of going to Switzerland is that he would, my husband, Corey, he was excited about that. And so we were like, I, I naively, you know, I'm telling him like, yeah, I mean, I watched women go into the hospital. They have the baby the next morning, they get checked out. Baby's fine. She's fine. So by the 24th, for sure, we're ready. <laughs> we're going to be ready for the tournament. So that, all of this, you know, trying not to overplan, just being naive to that it, things don't always happen like this. So um, we didn't even consider that she wouldn't be there, wouldn't be here, you know, if she's due December 18th by Christmas, she's going to be here, you know? So, um, yeah, so with that background information, we also, that made planning for family to come. I mean, she was due at Christmas and both of our families, I mean, not only is that a hard time to travel, but it's an expensive time to travel. And they, they all have their own jobs and families and, you know, and so... Again, I mean, I I was raised really independent. I thought, you know, I know how to take care of babies. I'll be fine. Everything's fine. Like, don't worry about it, Corey. I've got this. So we, so we made no plans for anyone to come. 
my sister, um, she was planning to come um, closer to the new year to um, just to meet the baby, really. And also because we were going to be at this hockey tournament. Um, That was another reason why family, you know, like they, they would have to come and, you know, stay in this hotel for a hockey tournament. I mean, anyway, so we were just thinking, we can do it. We'll be fine. We went in on December 18th. That was supposed to be her due date. And I remember them saying like, okay, you haven't dilated. Nothing's moving along. And we were thinking like, okay, well, we are, we're supposed to be going to Davos in one week or less than one week. And then also my husband, he was supposed to be two of his longest road trips were right around her due date. So think of December, we're living in the Swiss Alps. He has to, <laughs> on, a, on a snow, like on a sunny day to get to Geneva from uh, where we're living in Ticino is, you know, more than, it's almost five hours by bus on a, on a sunny day, let alone in the middle of right, the winter. And weather. yeah. Yeah, so um, I started to feel like, okay, well, and I think a big thing people don't understand that aren't in the hockey world is that it's not as if Corey could just say, oh, um, my my wife might have her baby, so I can't come to this game. Or, uh, you know, like, actually, my my wife is really pregnant, so I can't do this trip. And yeah. and then the difference of being in Europe is he can't just hop on a plane and make it home to me. He's got to take, you know, he's got to drive through the Alps in the snow to make yeah. it to me. So yeah. that's a huge difference. And yeah. yeah, I think that's I'm glad you mentioned that, too, because it it is. Oh, it's so hard because you want them there so badly, no matter what you're mm-hmm. prepared level is you want your partner there like so Mm -hmm. those are added elements that make the experience a smidge more stressful when you're like yeah when this baby is so when I'm telling the doctor this like well um I mean today's the baby's today's her due date and my husband has to go to Geneva and and then after that he has to go to Langnau like two really far trips um and and I started to remember okay I remember my friends in the NHL they would have on their calendar but um I'm having the baby on Tuesday the 14th because it's in between games and they had to plan like this, you know? And so I I was like, do I need to schedule having her? I I mean, I don't know what to do. Like we have, it's, if, if I don't have her today, then, you know, then I'm going to be doing it really, really alone. And, um, with my doctor, uh, my doctor also, she, because it was before the holidays, she told me she would try to be available. But if she wasn't, not only could I be alone, but I could end up being with a doctor who doesn't, who not only do I not know, but doesn't speak English. So I started to be, (laughs) you know, I started to realize (laughs) like, Yeah. yeah, like, okay, so my husband could be 
you know, all the way on the other side of the mountains from me, I could end up with a doctor I don't know. And I, and you know, I, I didn't even consider that she wouldn't come on time. Like that's such a silly thing, you know, that, but I expected, you know, she's going to come. And also I had experienced Braxton Hicks like the last mm-hmm. the last maybe I mean it was like maybe even a month of them like at the end of my pregnancy um and so I really felt like she was coming so anyway um the doctor said okay um you come you should come back in like you're not in labor um but you'll come back in I think it was like in two days um and we'll check you again so I remember on that day, on the 20th, um, I had, I didn't realize what had happened. I thought I was bleeding, but I had passed my mucus plug. Is that how you say it? You passed it? I don't remember. And yeah. neither yeah. Corey, yeah. <laughs> and ni- yeah, neither Corey, I had, I'm like, I, it, this isn't my water breaking, is it? I, I have no idea. I didn't, I didn't even know what that was. And that, you know, I didn't even, nobody had told me about, about that part. And so I started, you know, researching. I'm like, I think this means I must be going into labor, you know? So we, we go in, the doctor told us it was at night. So we go in on the 21st and she had said, um, like, you're, you're not, uh, well, basically, she said, like, you're, you're dilated, I think it was one centimeter. And she said, like, now at this point, I was past due. And my husband was gonna be having to go on another long road trip. So she said to me, um, what we can do is that you can just stay, and we can plan that you're gonna have the baby. Um, and we'll just um, see if you start to go into labor naturally. And um, anyway, so because Fiona was past due, Corey was going to be having to go on the road. Um, She said that if by the end of that night, I hadn't hadn't started um, dilating more on my own, that she could, we could do, to to induce the labor they do it with well she said we would do it with um little pills instead of um with pitocin so she said the thing with the little pills is that um you just take one every two hours and it just slowly helps your body start Mm -hmm. to contract so in the meantime my I was having contractions, but I I felt it was so painful. I I really felt like okay, I must be dilating. I must be dilating. And she came to check me, and she was like, "Your body is working so hard, but it's like it's like fighting against itself, you know." And mm-hmm. I thought like, uh, and she's like, "You're not dilating. Like you're contracting, but you're not dilating." And so she, we gave it a little longer, and finally she said, "Like on the morning of the twenty second at six a.m., she said, like we'll take the first pill." And she was just saying, "You know, some women 
their bodies don't go into labor as naturally as other women. And I thought like, oh, what do you mean? Like, I, I didn't even consider that my, I wouldn't go into labor just on my own, you know? And um, that was something that my whole pregnancy, people, especially once Fiona started to, that she was, you know, passed through, people would say, well, the one thing, the one guarantee is she's going to come. So don't worry, she's going to come. So I never, you know, you don't think like, oh, I could be someone who just like, doesn't it doesn't happen so naturally for me you know yeah and um and it wasn't like my body wasn't ready it was I was trying and it wasn't happening yeah. naturally and at the time of course I didn't know but it also happened with my son and that story was way more traumatic than this but it just it turns out that I'm somebody who really it just my body was working so hard but it it wasn't listening to each other I don't know how to explain so um I so anyway I end up taking the first uh pill at six in the morning and it's um slowly you know progressing and um I and they were telling me you know sometimes these it doesn't work for everyone because it's a bit of a more natural slower way to just help you go into labor it's not an a full induction you know and so so then I think after I took the third pill so after about six hours at this point I the only place that I was comfortable was in the shower I was in so much pain my body was trying so hard to um dilate and I was I mean now at this point I had been having this slow labor for for you know I don't even know since the day before and then now I'm being you know helped along or I mean my body's Mm -hmm. kind of being forced you know and uh and a big thing about not knowing not even considering this is that I didn't I didn't know like is it normal that um I don't have any medicine to help with the pain because I remember I remember with my sister her coming in and she was uncomfortable until she got in the room and the moment they wheeled her into the room she had a drip like she was comfortable you know yeah. so yeah and and I I hadn't overthought I didn't even think about like the medicine they give you to help uh, help you along before you get an epidural all I knew was that if I need an epidural I, I'm open to it you know whatever we need to do to have a healthy baby so um so anyway all of that to be said they don't they didn't give me any pain medicine nothing as I was being induced I was doing it completely naturally and um you know so having my body being like forced into dilating um and without any medicine you know I um I, I just hadn't anticipated this and this is me being naive too that I felt like 
oh it's just the pain that you can't you can't uh prepare for <laughs> i guess finally um after i think i had taken the um fourth the fourth pill um i was getting closer and closer to 10 okay. so they so um they were asking me at this point if I had um, plans to have an epidural. And at this point, I still hadn't had any um, any pain medicines, I, anything like that. I kept saying to Corey, like, I can't do this. How do people do this? Like, I can't do this. And he, I just remember his eyes being so big. And in the movies, when they say, don't touch me, that was totally me like I just uh, I need to lay on the ground in the shower and don't even look at me and I have to say at this point my doctor isn't there yet and all of the nurses that are coming in are speaking you know the best English that they can everybody was really professional it was my lack of Italian (laughs) that you know I didn't feel if they came in and told me, okay, now's the time for this, I couldn't say, what does that mean? What do you, you know, I couldn't ask yeah. more. If, uh, so and, hard, yeah. and yeah, and for us, I, I, the only thing I could do is just ask, like, w- when my doctor was coming. So she came in, like, on her off day because she knew that I wanted her there, which is, really amazing I was really lucky for that they ended up um saying okay like um if you want to do well they wheeled me into the delivery room at this point and they I said like um I wanted to do the epidural so they bring in the um anesthesiologist right (laughs) yeah so (laughs) I'm not a medical professional but um and and they were probably saying it in Italian so I had no idea but um (laughs) so they bring him in and at this point I'm just so delirious from the pain and you know I just I was like ready for the relief and I didn't anticipate this he went to do the epidural and the moment he got into my back, I my I felt like just spasms in my back, and I just started puking. I just started throwing oh up. I, yeah, and so I was like, no, wow. no, and I was telling them to stop. So they, the I remember him. This is another part. So, yes, my doctor speaks. I speaks English, but in these moments mm-hmm. when she's having the conversation it's an Italian, of course. So she's, I don't know what they're discussing, but I'm saying like, like I'm puking. And I remember Corey too being like, it's not helping. Like now she's, now she's puking, you know? So I remember being like, no, I, I don't want it. I can, I can feel everything. And I would just felt like now the pills had kicked in. I felt like I was dilating so much faster than I, I could handle the epidural made me more sick. And yeah. so I was just, it, you know, it, and uh, in this moment, I don't even know if, if they had spoke English, if that would have helped me because I just needed to be Zen and try to calm myself 
and I didn't want to hear <laughs> what they were saying. And um, yeah, honestly, I, I think Is about it, that sometimes. Because at that point, when you're saying like you would have rather everyone just kind of like <laughs> shut up, like yeah. Yeah. Had you just like accept, accepted that, okay, this epidural is not going to work. Like this, this pain that I'm feeling is, isn't going anywhere until I have this baby. Was that kind of your realization? And yeah. Or was it more yeah. like, just please stop. This is chaos. Cause I mean, it just sounds like your body is going through a lot, which I mean, everybody mm-hmm. who endures labor of any sort, your body goes through a lot, mm-hmm. but the kickstarting of labor and like you had talked about the, the forcefulness of, you know, the buildup of the pills and they're finally kicking in with some, you know, gusto. So this moment is just, it sounds so intense for you in a, like it, <laughs> emotionally, physically, like. Yeah. I mean, everything. Yeah. And yeah, to answer your question, I, I felt like um, I, I knew in this moment I felt like I needed to push I felt like the epidural was making me feel sick and like him even touching me was making me feel sick I just I really just needed to have the baby now and so um I I started pushing and I was like screaming like I feel everything I feel everything and they were saying like um because at this point they had tried to give me medicine also Mm -hmm. um to help with the pain and then and then they were telling me like okay you like now you need to feel everything you're saying you're ready to push then you need to feel you need to feel yeah to be able to know when to push so at this Mm -hmm. point it was like I hadn't chosen (laughs) this this you know yeah natural (laughs) but yeah. this route and you know but I hadn't chosen anything you know so I think I wasn't right. like this wasn't my plan it was just like okay yeah. what do we got to do just tell me so I was pushing pushing I pushed for so long um I actually asked Corey how long did I push for and he's like oh I don't know hours like he didn't he couldn't even remember so oh my goodness so then we had one more scary moment um as I'm um pushing um they told me like okay you need to take a break like you're you're way too stressed the you know you just need to take a break for a moment and as I was taking a break breathing I I couldn't hear Fiona's heartbeat anywhere now I'm gonna cry (laughs) and I was like what's wrong and I couldn't hear her the beep 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 the Mm -hmm. I I, suddenly it was gone and I see the nurses all look at each other they all start speaking Italian to each other and I'm looking at Corey and I'm like what's going on what's going on and he's like I don't know like they're all speaking Italian and none of us knew neither of us knew next thing I know another doctor comes running in and he's flipping me over and he's shaking my stomach, pushing my stomach. And he's like, and, oh and they're all talking so fast. And right. we, and, and we have no idea, no idea what's happening. And then suddenly we just hear the beep, 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 beep. And we hear her heartbeat again. And we're like, wow. what, what just happened? And then they were like, okay, 
okay and they like have me get back you know I mean they're not saying okay (laughs) you know like okay yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) and I'm like what just happened I mean we had no idea and they weren't explaining I mean in this moment it was like okay we've got to push we've got to push and they're telling Mm -hmm. me and my doctor is now saying to me like okay you need you need to push um it's time you know, and like she was saying, you're, you're getting too stressed. The baby's getting stressed. You need to push. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. And I push, push, push again. And (laughs) this part again is something people don't talk about. She said to me, you're working so hard. You've done so much. If I were to cut, she's going to come. Like If I make the cut, and I was like, Mm -hmm cut me like I don't care I really I'm like just go so as soon as she and don't forget I'm feeling everything right so I'm feeling everything and she and as soon as she cut I did one more push and within seconds we just hear and they put her they put her like I remember with my sister they wiped down the baby they plopped yeah. her on my chest, yeah. <laughs> everything. And Keisha, I still tell this story. I, I remember saying to Corey, like, her smell, like, her smell oh is like, and, Cor- and Corey was like, yeah. And and I, it was like the first thing I said to her, I was like, I said to him, I'm like, her smell. And she's this slimy but it's yeah. just like <laughs> this, <goofy> baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, it's something you've never, ex- it's just this like, oh, like I can't, I can't explain. And it was the moment she came and then the nurse right away, um, while she still had the umbilical cord, she like, they asked Corey if he wanted to cut it. And at this point he, he was going to pass out <laughs> if he did it. So yeah. he's like, I've done a lot. He's <laughs> like, I've, I've been through enough. But right away, she latched. And I mean, she just, I just, this moment, I actually, like, I couldn't let her go. I just, I, I mean, I, it was, it was really like the movies where it was like all this loud beeping and the Italian that I couldn't understand and people sh- shouting to me, push, push. It was like it all went boom, like, and it was just her, me, and Corey. Like, I mean, I felt like it really, really was the most, like they say, this is why people don't talk about it because the moment that happened, I was like, I don't don't feel anything, you know? I was, yeah. 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 I'm okay. Yeah, exactly. And when you talk to people, when you talk to people about your birth, like you focus on that moment because it's so overwhelmingly joyful, but all the things you had to go through to get to that moment are so still mm-hmm. very like present in your body. They, I know he, we had talked a bit prior about how sometimes it's therapeutic to talk about these birth experiences, no matter how mm-hmm. happily they they end because mm-hmm. it's hard that is your story mm-hmm. is hard and I'm so grateful that Corey was there and he was able mm-hmm. to be there for that and you were not alone <laughs> because that yeah. I mean 
in a scenario that would have been incrementally more challenging, but mm-hmm. so you have it's true. on you. Did you know her mm-hmm. name was going to be Fiona the whole time? I think the last month or so we knew she would be Fiona and um, it's like, yeah, for us, we, we never agreed on names and it was <laughs> both so with our, our son. Yeah. And no, it was, we knew it would be Fiona, but yeah, the funny part that I think I remember I told you like um, that it was the birthing story was very much a hockey story. Well, first I should tell you that after I talked to the doctor and I asked like, what happened when the chaos when when they couldn't find or you know well when we lost her heartbeat and they she said that they were prepping for a c-section so I didn't even like they were ready they were coming in I had no idea that this was the conversation that was happening so it's like this is an instance where like I said if they had been saying all of that in English I would have been panicking right so they were doing, they were saying it all in Italian and I was just like, what, what's happening? Like, I don't, and then it, they, they ended up like maneuvering me and they moved the heart monitor around and they found her heartbeat. And so she said that um, they had thought it had dropped, but they think they had just lost her heartbeat from, you know, the, the monitor had slipped anyway. But yeah, so, I mean those certain situations it's like somebody who needs a bit more control needs a bit more information I don't know how they would have handled that because for me I I mean if I had known that that was everything that they were saying and that was their fear I think it would have it would have been you know a different story so a little <laughs> me not knowing enough Italian yeah. to know that I was in a crisis was like well, actually you helpful. know what like to me that kind of brings the story <laughs> your story full circle because you kind of said at the beginning like I don't I didn't want the same level of information or that's just not typically how I operate so why would I change uh-huh. how I operate for something like this and and then yeah. it turns out in the midst of the chaos <laughs> we're blessed it was okay. not knowing exactly yeah what uh-huh. was going on and exactly yeah that's the I mean, part that made it like uh more of a hockey story that we were saying so I'll everything was around Corey's trip he you know Mm -hmm. we had to do everything around his trip she was born at 11 like 11 20 p.m and on the 22nd and we needed to be in Davos by noon on the 24th so to bring it all back to the beginning we thought like I was like yeah I mean women in America they give birth and they go home the next day if everything's okay well I gave birth almost at midnight on the 22nd that you know like almost <laughs> yeah, the 23rd you're cutting it close. yeah <laughs> yeah I'm cutting it close and then the next morning I remember the doctor came in to check on me and I said um can I leave tomorrow and they were like no you can't leave tomorrow and I'm like oh no but my husband has a hockey tournament I, I have to leave tomorrow <laughs> and they were like um well we'll have to check it was the nurses I think they were like we'll have to check with your doctor normally you can't leave this soon and I I'm like 
Oh no, but you know, my 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 friends, my sister, they all like mm-hmm. if they're okay, they go home. And they were like, yeah. Okay. So anyway, the doctor <laughs> like, okay. came in and she knew that this was like this was the goal. And she's like, I mean, technically we can't make you stay here. And I was like, Okay, then we're gonna go. <laughs> and so the um Christmas Eve morning, um, we left, we checked out of the hospital when Fiona was, you know. 36 hours old drove straight yeah. to Spangler Cup welcomed by Team Canada and from that day they all called her the Spangler baby and still to this day they'll <laughs> call her the Spangler baby and they would ask oh, like oh you just you just had a baby right and I'm like yeah yeah and they're like how old is she like a week I'm like oh no she's <laughs> 30 hours she's fresh 30 hours she's fresh (laughs) yeah she's fresh yeah so Corey took her for her first skate in this in the stroller when she was really like 36 hours old yeah so that's a hockey (laughs) typical typical hockey moment yes oh my gosh it's a typical how are you feeling um leaving like were you truly like physically okay after all of that or did you like obviously you guys had the goal to make it to that tournament and it was part of Mm -hmm. your you know deal but yeah and you obviously were euphoric to have your daughter but like were you okay (laughs) so thank you for asking um no actually did anyone ask you that (laughs) actually I have to say the other wives at Spangler every the staff everybody's like wow you know the other wives were like are you crazy I'm like yeah I think I might be a little crazy (laughs) and I have to say that I the staff at the hotel I I mean I was just thanking them every day so I mean the things that they had to clean up after I mean I was think about everything (laughs) they had like every bodily fluid in that yeah and And I mean who's listening for anybody who's listening who is going into her first birth this is normal to have you know she this baby she had her baby 30 hours ago like yeah there's gonna be some messes and and oh my goodness because like you don't see, you don't ever see the after experience in any media or like no. what it's like when you get home. It's hard. No. It's hard. It's doable. No. We do it, but it's mm-hmm. hard. And mm-hmm. it's like Susie said, these people at the hotel, I'm sure they, once they knew that you just got a baby, it was, it was totally fine. But yeah, what a, what a thing to be going through in a oh public space like I, a hotel. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the things that they don't tell you happens to your body. I mean, you're still getting rid of everything and your baby. I mean, the baby, like, with, like spit up diapers, milk, yeah. every, every, like, every yeah. morning Everywhere. they would say, do you need housekeeping? I'm like, yes, again, again. Yes. So, yes. But I will say, if you have the opportunity to check straight into a hotel, after your delivery and not have to do the laundry or you know (laughs) that was the best part I mean I I think if I had known better I definitely would have told Corey 
have fun at your, your tournament or don't go. I don't know. But I think, yeah, I was still really in that. Just, I remember one of the first things that I said to Corey, like laying with Fiona after, I remember laying in the hotel bed and being like, every single woman who's ever given birth before, like they've done this thing that like, I can never look at a woman that's given birth before the same. I am like, yeah, it's changed my view on, I mean, any woman, if I look at her and know that she's given birth before, I'm like, wow. Like we're, it's just, it's, there's nothing like it. There's nothing like there's, it. So. There's nothing like it. It's, no. And for all the, intense moments that can pop up for however birth transpires it's it's also one of those things where it's like yeah I'll do it again <laughs> like I, I will yeah. and you did I'm going to like it's just yeah. wild when you think about that but it's I think your description of the moment when you got to like meet your daughter and like have that like just indescribable joy and just like Mm -hmm. and some people it's not it's not instantaneous like that and I want to be honest Mm -hmm. about that too like some some people it takes a minute to realize what what just happened and who's in your Mm -hmm. arms but it all I mean I can tell you like I didn't yeah I didn't want to go into the story about my son as much because I felt like it it's not the most uplifting and I definitely had a really really traumatic experience with him that I think you know I I just I didn't know like how I could really talk about it um mm-hmm. and have it be anything like uplifting besides him he's the the only yeah. good part about he's the, it he's the great yeah guy. <laughs> yeah but I have to say I've now I've experienced both you know and I and I think that was what made it so, I felt guilty, you know, with my son that I like, that I, um, yeah, I just, you're right that it doesn't happen every time. And I watched Corey do the, you know, the first change and wiping him down. and, and, And I remember laying there feeling like, what, like, I didn't get that euphoric feeling. I didn't get to have that, you know? And yeah, I think like there's this guilt that you have and, but it just goes to show that, I mean, I love him just as much. I mean, like I'm so, I I mean, anybody who knows me knows that I'm maybe obsessed (laughs) with my kids, but that moment, that euphoric moment I had with, Fiona I didn't get with Milo instantly and I think I feel I felt a lot of guilt for that for a long time and now I realize like it was out of my control you know it was right yeah and with talking to other people I remember telling them like oh that feeling like it's so magical and they're like I didn't really get that I'm like how what do you mean how like yeah. yeah and then now I know and it doesn't mean anything less about you know your love it's just yeah. you yeah. your body's gone through so much and yeah. 
I really appreciate you sharing that too, because I think it's hard to have both experiences like as one human being and be like, Oh, <clears throat> it wasn't this way with him. But I just think that opens mm-hmm. the conversation for a lot more people because I, I mean, even in this age we're in with Instagram and just all these different things that you're constantly flooded with about like expectations for motherhood and what it's going to look like when you bring home your newborn and all this stuff, it's not, (laughs) those things aren't accurate. And there's just such a wide spectrum of feelings, of hardships, like, and it's not all stuff that you can explain necessarily. Like, I know a lot Mm -hmm. of women really struggle to bond with they're newborn and it's nothing on them. It doesn't mean you're a bad mom. It doesn't mean that you're not doing things correctly. It's just like, it's very different for every single person. So I just really appreciate you Mm -hmm. sharing that. And I hope that if anyone's listening that has a similar experience can just find some solace Mm -hmm. in that. Yeah. And just to know that it's, it doesn't change the love or the, you know, or what you, what you went through, you know, I mean, yeah, it just, my mind wasn't in the same space that it was in with Fiona. And that's all that it was. It had nothing to do with the baby, you know, it was, yeah. So, yeah, I think, we, I mean, it's the most, it's the craziest thing anybody can go through, you know. And sometimes your mind can outweigh the pain that your body went through. And sometimes it can't, you know, and I think, right. I think that it doesn't, change what happened and the beautiful life that you brought it's just different experiences well I, like I said I what a story it's just I feel like I say that every every conversation I have because I just yeah. I'm so fascinated with women in my life that have done these things just like you said you feel in awe of anybody who's given birth that's exactly how I feel about every single guest that I've had on this podcast. So I I am in awe of you. I am so Mm -hmm. proud of you. Eight years ago, almost. I can't believe she's Mm -hmm. that grown. She's so beautiful. Thank you. And I'm so happy for you. And as I told you, the fact that you're doing this project while (laughs) pregnant is like... (laughs) you're just you're you're just amazing you're so you're always up to something inspiring and (laughs) I think it's really cool and for me when I was pregnant the last thing I could think of is starting a project like this (laughs) you know so I'm I'm proud of you always and yeah I'm excited to see how it all turns out for you and to keep listening so nice (laughs) there's so many cool stories so thank you for sharing yours Susie you're welcome yeah you too